you like to watch Survivor and slog through the nadir? Then season 40's awesomeness will make you wanna cheer. We're all just so excited to watch these winners play. But we're still lazy, so this podcast comes out on Friday. John will make some dumb jokes, and he likes to yell and scream. But now we're watching 20 winners play, and it feels like a dream. We'll spend the whole time freaking out and judging the best move. And anything that Tony does, you know that we'll approve. It's the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. Winners at War! Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John. My co-host is Andy, and that's my only co-host. There is absolutely no one else here joining us as we talk about Episode 6 of Survivor, Winners at War. So, Andy... Let's get right into this thing. You and I, of course, the only ones here. Hmm? No, actually, uh, because I am so um, longing for uh, more connections with humans due to recent events, I actually invited somebody else, John. No, that part was a lie. Okay. But I did invite somebody else to the podcast. Oh, do tell. This is a great bit we're doing, by the way. Um, It is landing so hard with the audience right now. They are loving it. They're they're on the edge of their seats. They're on the edge of extinction. Yeah, they're they're just waiting. They're who do we think they're hoping for, really? Like right now we've we've built this up. They're like, oh my god, is it this person, this person? I wonder will it be like a yes reaction or will it be a huge letdown? At this point, it can only be a letdown. Uh welcome to the show, Emma Emma. I'm back. Also, yeah, just as a note for the audience, we did not discuss how we were going to do this introduction, so maybe we should have. <laughs> no, we never do. This is how it goes. John drops something on me, and then I try to react, and it's usually um, as great as this. Yes, just flawlessly executed. That's why all of our uh, reviews on iTunes are five stars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I apologize in advance for my nasally and what what was it the um lispy nasally and lispy voice my sincerest apologies listeners i just want to get into bashing some white people when when do we get to that because apparently that's oh, how- we do that every day <laughs> i know well i mean we don't talk about jumping or running this week i don't think either is on there so that's tough oh. uh we'll see if there's any apparent tension between me and emma that was a fun one yeah, that's um, a, that's a weird one. We probably get along more than anyone. I, I actually think I figured out what it was. We could talk about it offline. Uh, well, not really <laughs> yeah. offline. We will never talk offline. No, um, never, never again. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, I my personal favorite is always when people tell me that they are no longer going to participate in my hobbies. Like that's going to do something to me. <laughs> devastating that's it i'm never listening again it's like cool i make no money off of this and i do this whether you listen or not so shrug not our precious precious download numbers yes that really only costs us money but for those of you who are are listening thank you thank you for taking the time out of what might not be at all busy lives right now or um, it could be, uh, incredibly busy lives. How, how is the, um, you know, the shut-in of the world treating you guys? 
Well, um, Emma's under greater lockdown than I am, so she should uh, go first. Florida has no concern whatsoever for contagious disease. Yeah, you guys are just partying it up on the beach. Meanwhile, my entire state is now locked down. Um, but I've been pretty much living like that anyway. I went to know-it-alls last week. Hard to believe that was only a week ago. And, you know, and like, it, that seems like, wow, I can't believe you're doing that. But things flipped on a dime on Wednesday. Like we were talking about, you know, all this stuff. And then the next day it was like, everything's closed and canceled and it, it switched really fast. But since then I have left my apartment to go on a walk around the neighborhood and to go to the pharmacy. Um, and gonna kind of stay in that range forever. Which is fine. Um, I used to work from home until about three months ago anyway, so that's not too big of an adjustment, except now there's this, like, other person also working in my home, which is a little more disruptive to the routine. Pretty rude of your work to uh, force you to work with a coworker in your own home. I mean, awfully... Well, that's the crazy thing. He doesn't work for my company. He works for an entirely different company. That is wild. The the lengths that capitalism will go to for an extra buck is just, ah, it's so sad. Yeah, but you know, I get a cut of his paycheck, so I guess that works out. Oh, that's a sweet gig. So John, uh, partying up on South Beach, I assume? Uh, no, I mean, I'm mostly homebound, but you know, I, I'm able to avoid, they have a, um, big door looking, doorknob, doorknob licking festival it was so much funnier when i could say it correctly the first time um but i won't be able to attend that um we do have like weekly mosh pit night that i have to pass on to and you know there is of course the handshake contest that we were all gonna have but alas you know that that's all i can do i just gotta stay home instead so now I want to talk about, like, white people and handshake contests, but we shouldn't do that. That nope. gets us the iTunes comments. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, like, I guess we should probably talk about all the fun things that we're binge-watching with all this time. So I think John, like me, is um, our children. Um, yes. Yeah, this really hasn't resulted in more free time. Being at home with my children is, like, less, much less, while also trying to work. And, you know, I'm grateful that I still have a job, one that I can do from home. But, um, yeah, it's not fun right now. Um, you know, the kids are taking it well, in part because it's also, like, really cold out. So we wouldn't really be going out too much right now anyway. It's kind of unfair that they did, or maybe nice that they did that way. Um but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not enjoying this, you know, not, not just trying to, you know, parent while also, you know, work, but, you know, just kind of the general, um, anxiety of the perhaps collapse of civilization. It's, it's, it's not, it's not fun. Yeah, that's really the bigger problem for me than not going outside. I'm golden, but. Yeah, like, I love not going into the office. I love not seeing people. That part, A plus. I just wish I could enjoy it more. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, um, if you're noticing that this episode is sloppily edited, more so than usual, first of all, leave us an awesome iTunes comment about that. And secondly, it's because I am also working from home and I am dealing with my kids and I would normally be the one that's editing. So I probably did a horrible job with it this week. Sorry. 
Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, I get, I'm jealous of people who are like, this is the time I'm gonna finally watch blah, blah, blah. And it's like the best I can do is like, I might, you know, uh, end up watching a lot of like new DuckTales. Oh, I caught some DuckTales. Or Tales. like the old X-Men animated series, you know, like, cause that's on in my presence. But, and then like, I guess there's the time I used to spend watching basketball, but really I've been spending a lot of that time going to bed. Um, so, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really not like this boon of free time. It's really more just, um, you know, constant, you know, anxiety and, uh, wishing that my children could be elsewhere while still, like, not wanting them to be anywhere. So at some point this week, we should probably move on to talking about the show that we all watched. The thing that might help give us a brief respite from the many terrors that we are currently facing. Let's start, though, with perhaps the most uplifting moment of the show, depending on your perspective. I'm guessing at least Emma's perspective is on board with this. Denise, boss move as fuck, right? Denise, thank you for bringing joy into our world. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little bit of controversy Um, because, you know, what else do we got to talk about? Like, was this a great move or not? Uh, and I'm here to say, yes, yes, yes it was great. Yes. Why do you people have to be this way? Great things are great. Yes, it was a great move. Uh, Emily, talk a bit more about why it was great. Okay. It was great because Denise is wonderful. <laughs> That's point A. That's an easy one. Um, it was great because, look, we'll, we'll get into it. And as you discussed, you know, last time, like, Rob got voted out in a way where there wasn't really much she much that he was going to be able to do in his swap situation. Uh, Parvati got voted out in a way that there was even less, I feel like, that mm-hmm. she could have done. And that's, well, probably about the same, different circumstances. But, you know, not a lot she could have done. And we'll definitely get I think into less. that. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, Sandra, on the other hand, was should have been fine. Should have been golden. Should have been coasted right through that. And so, you know, what did we want from winners? at war besides seeing legends doing great things seeing people become legends seeing people topple legends in grand fashion that was an all-timer fucking move i wasn't even sad about parvati anymore after that happened Mm because it was so amazing and yeah it just it kicked ass um even sandra i think had to be like yeah that was sweet um because like just, I, you know, fucking I a. would uh, disagree Rose. with you on Sandra thinking that was sweet because um, Sandra is one, despite what the edit may have told you this season, who uh, tends to hold grudges and not take things very well. So I'm guessing she's. Yeah, but I've also seen actual evidence of her taking it well. I'm just so. saying, I'm guessing in this moment that the show is, you know, at, as the show is progressing, she's not Denise's biggest fan. But I do concur wholeheartedly, like, what a freaking signature move now, right? Like, that's what all the kids these days are calling the resume builder. You need those things to win. Like, Denise last time lost her way to the end and happened to manage to survive every single tribal council and then win. That was amazing. But this is like a signature thing that she can point to. Like, oh, yeah, but you remember that time that I... uh idled sandra out with her own idol like that's fucking amazing that's really cool to see that 40 seasons into the show yeah it works on two levels for one yeah it's i 
and we're going to get into the details of why, I think it was a great move. You know, uh, from strategy, from gameplay, I do think that this will position Denise well, uh, at least for the midterm. And that's all you can hope for pretty much ever in Survivor, but definitely in a season like this. You know, um, there's really not a whole lot of point in long-term strategy. Um, it's long-term hoping is the best you can do. But it was also just so telegenic, you know, like, and that's what we've really moved into is like, hey, let's enjoy the things that do well on our TV. Like, the way she will go in about it. And when she, like, asked, you know, Jeff for a moment, and then she does the thing, and then she goes back and then interrupts him again and asks for another moment. Like, that's just brilliant it's great pacing it it holds you on like oh my god she's doing something more when she first started it i actually paused it and kind of talked through like the different possibilities with my wife and you know the big one is like she should vote out sandra was the one i was thinking of and there we were yeah yeah i fully gasped when she pulled out the second idol and then like actually audibly like whoa when when it was sandra even though like once the Denise votes were being read, I was like, oh, I think I know what's about As to soon happen. as Sandra, and uh, there's documented evidence of this, you can check our Twitter account. As soon as Sandra offered true. her that idol, I'm like, oh shit, Denise needs to take this deal and use that idol on Sandra. And so once we got the confessional of Denise shortly after that, talking about how she needed to make a big move, I was like, oh man, I... I think this could legitimately happen. Like, I don't think this is just me coming up with some crazy scheme. Like, I think Denise is genuinely pondering this. And Matt was doubting me the whole time. I had DMs going on with Matt. And he's like, nah, it's, <laughs> you're getting your hopes up. I'm like, nah, I, I think it's she's going to go out like a legend. And she did. Took Sandra out in the way that a legend serves to be kicked out of this game. There's just, there's so many, like, beautiful parallels with it. You know, you have Denise kind of, you, you know, yes, sure, there are differences, but essentially getting, like, a hold-up bro situation, getting a three amigo situation. You have Sandra getting JT'd when she was saved in that double idol play. Like, I mean, she wasn't right. saved, she wasn't voted for, but still, she was protected. She um, was the Jeremy of you that know, situation. You know, Sandra going out right after Parvati. I mean, there was just so much. Yeah, um, so there's a little bit of debate. Um, I don't think there's going to be any debate here. Uh, it's weird. It doesn't matter how many voices we add to this podcast. We all seem to agree on certain things. Uh, but there's debate about whether, uh, Sandra was the right target. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I say, yeah, I think she was the right target, or at least she was a, a good target. You know, you could argue that there are others could have been also good, but, you know, there's some people who think, you know, Sandra was trying to align with Denise. Why would you take her out? Uh, I think John, uh, will just go to the money. Money is, uh, king for him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I'll let him get into that, but, uh, I just think also it's like, yeah, Sandra was the, probably the most intractable person on this season. And also it's a, it's a great name. If you're going to go big game hunting, then take out some big game. Yeah. And I mean, the only other reasonable target for her probably would have been Jeremy because if you use that idol and you take out one of Sandra's team, she's just going to come after you next anyway. And Jeremy might end up siding with Sandra. I mean, Sandra clearly said either of the men were yeah. fine to target. So mm. I don't think she's coming after I, her. She votes I'm just saying like, I'm sorry. Did you like watch it? Like you're like, Oh, I'm Sandra saying, didn't, didn't say this was a good move. All, oh, Sandra would have been Andy mad if she voted for Tony. Answer. She got to take out Sandra at a discount, <laughs> keep her money. Like that's, that's <laughs> reason A1 why you do it. Um, and then also, yeah, like you said, it's Sandra's not, she's super loyal. I don't think 
long term, Denise would have been in her plans. Um, so, you know, roll the dice, make a big move. And then plus, once we hit the merge, I don't think Denise is suddenly like everyone's number one target just because of this big move. Like she has the advantage of a slightly lower profile, although there's not a lot of people with higher profiles left. Yeah, no, I, I'm with, uh, Emily. Uh, sorry, we've obviously just going to call you Emily. It's a problem that we actually know who you are. It's weird to give you this barely different alien. I mean, my pinned, my pinned tweet has that. Like, we're fine. Um, but it, yeah. No, she didn't care if Tony went home. If she wanted Jeremy gone, the instruction she would have given Denise was vote for Jeremy. It was just you vote for one of the guys was her instruction. She didn't care. And this will, you know, gets into uh, some of the many mistakes Sandra made, which we will get into once we're done praising of uh, the decisions that, you know, Denise made. Let's move on to the other part of it. So she targets uh, Sandra. A plus. Yeah, I think we all agree. The other why. thing that people are kind of really down about, or the, those that are criticizing it, is that she used both idols when she, you know, in the end didn't need to. Frankly, you would actually never need to. Um, not, well, I guess if, unless it's a vote split. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's always more of like a safety thing because usually like there's one person voted for. Uh, but this, you know, people are like, it should have been clear they were voting for her or even that, what do you care if Jeremy goes home? Um, Emily, what did you think about her using both idols? Look, obviously it would be nice if she still had the idol, sure. But that is some, like, results-based thinking. I think you've got, like, it's it's an insurance play. You're not wasting your money by paying for car insurance and not getting in a car accident. <laughs> John, don't start. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, that's not, that's not how it works. Like, she's being careful. Can you imagine if she hadn't, like, if Sandra had thrown a vote on Jeremy, which she should have, and, um, to be, you know, to be safe or something, and Jeremy, you know, had a vote, and it's a tie, and Kim and, um, Kim and Tony vote out Jeremy because of that, and then Denise has to go back to camp to Sandra after doing that? No, thank you. You got, like, you if you know you come at the queen, you best not miss. So she's going to do everything she could do to make sure she didn't miss. And I think that's completely. Yeah, th- I think the best way that she could guarantee that her one vote was going to call the shot was to play both idols. And I think that's what she wanted. It has an added advantage of maybe making Jeremy more likely to side with her, a little more loyal to her. If Jeremy exhibits some of Stephen's tendencies after. uh Jeremy saved Stephen in Cambodia. <laughs> um, regardless, it might have been an overplay since we know there were no votes to Jeremy. It wasn't a bad move because of that, though. No, I like it because it sets her up for the next vote as well. Now, you could argue having another idol would also set her up, but you know, it'd be nice to play Survivor and not have to, like, you know, save yourself every week. And I think, you know... Sandra goes home, who has somebody who was at least willing to work with you for some reason, maybe just economically, but clearly she was willing to work with her. She gave her an idol that, you know, she verified was true once, you know, Jeff said so. Uh, but this, you know, by playing this for Jeremy, I do think it buys you some short-term loyalty. It might not be, you know, Steven, I'm never going to turn on you type stuff, but Jeremy, I think, wanted to work with her in the first place. But the the math just wasn't there. Well, now it's 2-2. The math is a little bit more there, but it's not just 2-2. Kim, I think, was also leaning like, I'd like to work with you guys, but 
again, the math isn't really there. I mean, I guess if she flips, it's 3-2, but then you have this, uh, you know, the other group out there. Well, now Sandra's gone, so that, you know, the connection to the other group, I think by doing this, by showing that, you know, she isn't just, you know, lucky that she has this idol, that she was able to do different things, and that she was able to protect an ally, I think it wins her more potential. And I think the next move she should do is when she gets back to tr- uh, back to camp with them, she should tell everybody what Sandra was trying to do. She should sell her out hard, oh, and and that can bring Tony back into the fold. So if they don't lose next week, then you know she might have bought herself a lot of allies and a lot of respect. Because yeah, she should be like, yeah, Sandra wanted me to move against you guys. She was trying to get my tokens. I didn't feel good about that, so I felt I needed to do this. And yeah, I think she might do well by buying like some you know allies. And I think Denise is somebody who likes to play that way, you know? And I think she's kind of noticed that like Adam probably isn't the way with you know, the whole way uh, with what he. Yeah. If, if there's anyone who can like calmly reason with people and explain to them why something happened, it's Denise. Yeah. And like, it, it seemed like, you know, when, when she found out that Adam had, you know, tried to go to Boston Rob, she was disappointed then. I also felt like the reaction of like, you know, Boston Rob taking out of the game, like, Denise was sitting there shaking her head at it. And then the only way I could think of, because I don't know if she had any, like, strong attachment to Boston Rob, might have been like, Adam, I really, you really can't help yourself, could you? So, and again, that's just me interpreting, <laughs> which could be a reaction to, ah, oh, I really wanted peanut butter and jelly. I don't know. Um, but I do think, like, by playing both idols, you're securing that this is going to work. Guaranteed going to work. And I think she might, it, it's, you know, alliance building. And let's not discount the fact, just, Purely from a TV perspective. Now we get to see Sandra go to Edge of Extinction and talk to Boston Rob, which I'm sure will be a nice, cordial event full of, you know, calm, laughter, nice stories shared amongst each other, and definitely not a bitter spite fest. I don't know if she'll confront him. Uh, I It might be all, you know hiding what she's actually feeling because it's oh, the weirdest bite is this your you first didn't tell me that you were coming sandra ever play survivor <laughs> the the lady who's i don't really think it's that kind of anger john her. i think yeah this isn't johnny Fairplay shit this is like legitimate hurt feelings not like this guy's annoying yeah no i think this is like some deep stuff that she would probably be too proud to admit that she was like angry that you didn't tell her something i also don't think we're gonna see it we're not seeming to get the, the interesting reactions out of uh, edge of extinction that we were hoping for we didn't get to see rob meet up with his wife fucking, yes it's like, on bonus scenes all the scenes that, is that you so surprised like that was the one to be waiting for right yeah, that was so strange to me. Like, like all the props to them for knowing they didn't need Edge this weekend. Like, you know, obviously in a perfect world, we don't have it at all. But like, if you have it, like, that's, that's what we want it for. What are you doing? Like, how boring must it have been for them to cut it out? Except probably not. You know, you can give us a two minute, you know, well, there's, yeah, I've seen the scene. It's, it's nice minute, enough. 30 seconds. Yeah. Like it made the bonus scenes. It's nice enough. And yeah, I think you, you yeah. can put that on TV because there's probably a lot of people who, you know, know of Rob and Amber who don't watch bonus scenes, but yeah, there we go. Uh, so let's talk about the other side of this because yeah, while Denise was able to, you know, spin the situation to her side in, you know, awesome ways. Hopefully that it raises her profile enough that she's considered, you know, like contender to win, but not too threatening. And I actually think it's probably right in the middle of there. Apparently when Kelly Wentworth did her big move, it brought her more respect than it brought her threats. 
Um, but the other part is, it only happens if Sandra screws up. Um, where did Sandra go wrong here? Underestimating Queen Denise. Uh, I mean, selling the idol was a high-risk move. Um, uh, honestly, probably just a little too much risk, and I think the scoreboard demonstrates that. But, you know, selling it to her and telling her, hey, you're the target, like, that gives her a lot of information. It, like, it was probably enough to just sell it to her because she suspected. Um, but at the same time, Sandra's playing with house money. She can try shit. It's the same thing as JT in Heroes vs. Villains. Like, you may as well roll the dice. I mean, I think Sandra realized that the only way that she got that idol in the first place was having a fire token. And now that she has none, she needs more just in case another opportunity comes up. So... An opportunity to say, make herself immune for a vote? Indeed. I said it was a high-risk move, but at the same time, I at least appreciate what her strategy was there. I think the execution was pretty flawed. It is an interesting point you said about, you know, giving her so much information. Because I think because this was an idol that was only good for one vote, you don't have to worry about her saving it for another tribal. You know, you could say, like, Look, like, I think, you know, they seem to be targeting you. Like, I, you know, my game, like, I usually just go, you know, it's anybody but me, which is probably what she should have stuck to. Um, like, so it's like, I don't know if I can convince them to switch it to Jeremy, but what, but I'd like to work with you. What I do have is this idol. It expires at this tribal. You know, I know I'm in the majority and I feel safe, so I'd like to sell it to you. Like, you know, you could say, like, it's pop, like, I will try to fight for you to, you know, not be voted for, but I don't know the if I can. The other know? thing is, at least as far as we know, she didn't tell her it was only good at this tribal, although there was the note, right? Did she give her the note or no? Probably. I mean, if I was Denise, I'd want the note. I wouldn't blame you. Um, yeah. At the same time, like, hey, you know, why Why would you point out the flaws in what you're selling to someone? That's clearly bad negotiation skills. Emma. Well, th- I mean, she's selling it to her with, like, purely the expectation of yeah, playing I, it that night. Yeah. Like, especially because, remember, Sandra was willing to wait until she, to get her second fire token until after that tribal. If Denise, you know, goes home with the idol in her pocket, Sandra doesn't get that second fire token. So she wants her to play it tonight. The best, or that, that tribal, the best way for that to happen is to say, hey, this fucking expires if you don't play it. Well, here's the other thing. I think the fire tokens were Sandra's secondary concern. I think what Sandra really wanted was either Jeremy or Tony to go home. And But she didn't want blood on her hands doing it. So this was her way of doing it. Playing an idol for herself, for one, that does nothing because you know, her allies aren't voting for her, which, you know, should be a sign to her. Uh, but, you know, so giving it to Denise is like, okay, then one of them can go home and that's better for me for nebulous reasons that we're going to get into. And also, what's the other thing I can get out of this? Uh, sure, I could use some more fire tokens. This thing's going to expire anyway and I don't need it. That's all her thinking. All of that is bad thinking. All, it's just uh, it's a sign of Sandra's arrogance because you want to compare this or not want to. You just did compare this to JT like, hey, why not take the shot? At least for JT, they were down in numbers or at least, uh, or was it tied at that point? But when he tied. was hatching his plan, 
But when he was hatching his plan, it looked like they weren't going to be, right? Because they thought that, you know, their their new buddy, Russell, was going to be gone at that tribal council if he doesn't give away this idol, right? That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to in- keep Russell around so that Russell can flip to them in case when the merge comes, they're down numbers. So this is, uh I'm in a tough situation. I'm trying to do something here. Sandra wasn't in a tough situation. Sandra had numbers. All you got to do is vote. Oh, Denise, that's all you got to do. And you're good. You're moving ahead. And the other thing you need to do, just make sure you're immune because you never know. The other thing that could have happened is Denise just playing a normal idol and Jeremy playing another or leaving. And Sandra could have gone home without being voted out at all. And, you know, of course, you know, she doesn't know that everybody has uh, idols. But what that does say is be immune immunity has value and for her she's like nobody's gonna come after me so what do i care let me do something else and that's just a sign of arrogance she thought this could be a move to get rid of one of her allies or it could be moved to get rid of jeremy who in her mind is somebody that's only gonna benefit tony and kim and it's just it shows that she hadn't thought any of this through she thought she was so safe that hey let's see what else i can do with this besides be immune and it just, I think, is symbolic of what this whole season. People have been telling her what's up this season. And if they, even if they weren't telling her what's up this season, the fucking evidence should have been telling her what's up this season. That if we do not band together, we will be taken apart. And she was just like, no, nah, that's not good for me. This whole thing was, let's keep Jeremy because that helps us. You included Sandra. She's like, that doesn't help me. And look where she ended up. Because she didn't think she was in any danger at all. And it turns out, no, you've been in danger, girl. I think, you know, I don't think it's the worst move we've ever seen, even among players on this season. I think that still, you know, that title still belongs to Tyson in Heroes versus Villains. But, yeah, it was it was too cute. It was unnecessary. It is insane for her to not think that she will be in danger after seeing Boston Rob go home after, you know, she even said like, oh, day 16, like when Sandra gets voted out, this is the spot. It's after, you know, it's after a swap. So moving on to the other person with a decision to make in that tribal. Well, before that, I actually wanted to ask you guys if like seeing her like flop like this and i think yeah again no i don't think it's as bad as tyson i don't think it makes her as bad as jt if for no other reason than jt did it twice um but does this change (laughs) like your thoughts of anything about her like as a player overall i think for me it just shows that she like bought into her hype the way too much and i think that's kind of been what's happened after heroes versus villains and like i get it man she's the only two-time winner that is hype to buy into but the weird thing is and we saw this was how she played in game changer that somehow and i don't know i guess it's probably the perception of like what happened after she won heroes versus villains we got sort of maybe that like michelle complex she stopped playing the game that she's good at you know, I mean, her whole thing, her whole mantra is supposed to be anybody but me. And everything she did this episode was the opposite. Of yeah. That. And prior to this, it was like, nope, it's Tyson or nobody else. You know, it's like, yeah, no, she's it's felt like she's been having some access to grind. And John has talked about this or so why, frankly, he would have been OK for her going home. Uh What I felt like this really underscored for me um, because, you know, going into that arrogance is that um the way that she felt. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way around it. If you sell an immunity idol that you yourself need, it shows that you feel like you were in no danger. Um, that, um, is that I don't think Sandra has 
ever been good at playing Survivor from ahead. Each one of her seasons, when she's been in, you know, like the majority alliance, when it seems like she's doing well, she's been pretty flippant. I mean, great for us, entertaining-wise, right? But like, you know, ah, we're all great. He's a stupid ass. They're not going to be able to do anything. And then she takes a hit. And that's when she starts to play really well. The difference being, in past seasons, the hit never came for her. Right. You know, so she could be arrogant and acting like, you know, she's invincible, that there's nothing Russell can do with this idol. You can go and get it. We're just going to get rid of you now. There's nothing Johnny Fairplay can do and all of them. They're just dumb. And then an ally takes a hit. Rupert takes a hit for her. Tyson and Rob take the hit for her. I mean, obviously, Tyson ended up taking it for himself a bit. but <laughs> And then she's able to work from behind where she is magic. That's where her speed spot is. But, like, this feeling right now where she's, like, invincible and all that – it's not just because, you know, she's two-time winner Sandra. I think that's always been there. It's been part of the fun of Sandra, right, is that she is this arrogant person. But it's just now that she actually is a, a target herself. She won't, she didn't get to hide behind anybody, even though people, of course, kept telling her, we need somebody to hide behind. Uh, when she screwed up this time, there was nobody else to take the hit for it but herself. And it's just made me kind of think, like, that's how probably how it always was for her. It's just there was no reason to vote her out in those situations. And now, does this this um like you know throw away all the things she was good at no i think playing from behind playing generally a lone wolf strategy sandra's one of the best ever at that but this you know arrogance that she exhibited that you know she was never in any danger this is just a time to like let other people get voted out i think it's always been there for her game the difference was that you know somebody else was paid for it instead of her it absolutely always has been there and she we've mentioned before she's an extremely loyal player until she can't be anymore um she in this season and honestly in game changers too she was much more into like cocky belittling the people that were on the outs and that she knew were on the outs you saw it early on in this season her like laughing in kim's face about you know am i going home i'm so anxious about this blah 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 and she just chuckles Right in Kim's face. She had no problem saying to Denise at Tribal Council that Denise is one of the lesser winners, which I loved. Even earlier in the episode, when Denise was like, hey, what's this? Like, hey, I think you're in trouble. Like she, again, it was kind of like, what are you going to do? And nothing could ever bounce back on me. Yeah, I, it, that's just how she plays. And it's entertaining. It's why she was on a villain's tribe in the first place. Um, but the fact that it actually came back and hit her first was the surprising part because generally the reason why it was Rupert, it was someone else was because Sandra just wasn't threatening those times. Now having won twice, she is kind of threatening. So it does make sense to take her out. Yeah. And I think it was actually a really good move to take her out now because post merge, People worry about immunity threats. Uh, yeah, the Sandra sit out bench becomes this amazing, you know, asset to her. And that gives her the time, especially if she's suddenly playing with her back against the wall, uh, to do her magic. So don't, don't give her that time. Uh, now, now that I spent some time, you know, I guess shoveling a little bit of dirt on Sandra, I do want to mention one, like, positive that showed the strength of Sandra from this episode. Um, when she could just sense that Tony might be spying on her, like, that's great Sandra stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I love that she knows Tony well enough, like, okay, if I can't find this motherfucker, 
he is definitely hiding on purpose. It's not that he's like out taking a dump in the water. He is hiding and trying to spy on us. And like specifically even knowing where the spy shack would be. Yeah, she's singled out the water well. Yeah. Oh, she's like, she has great instincts. She's strong. Just when she can't see past those things. And this season, I think, you know, to Emma's point, uh, she couldn't see past her own pettiness and her own, like, you know, these are the, 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 the battles I need to fight. And like, that was what everybody was saying. And you, know, you need to band together because these other people are threatening. It's not just about, you know, these other people on your level and what they can do to you. There's more of them and they become threatening and how perfect is it that the one person that she and frankly not just her, everybody else in her tribe identified as not at that level is the one that took her out. That's the whole point. That's what we've been saying that if you don't try tr- uh, treat these people like threats, every one of whom is a former winner, I might add, then they will be threats. Yeah, you need to band together precisely because if you don't, they will. They will have no problems doing so. And they've shown this season that they don't. Other than Danny. <laughs> yeah, how bad did Danny have to screw up to, like, jump in front of what was Jeez. happening? Hey, she uh definitely played her way to Edge of Extinction. Um Let's talk about Tony briefly, though, because obviously it's always fun to talk about Tony. But... What the hell happened? We, we had, you know, goofy Tony seemed like a changed man. He's definitely like getting the tribe to let their guard down with him and not believe that he's the same guy he was in Cagayan, that he's just a fun loving guy out there to play a game, loyal ally, all this stuff. Suddenly it's like he could only suppress that for so long. And then the beast comes back out. What the hell happened with Tony this episode, Andy? I just don't think his stuff can work again. And I don't mean this as a, you know, it was a fluky one-time thing. I think when you do as much as Tony did and as you know, spectacularly and as interesting as successfully as he did, nobody's going to let you do it anymore. And thus, you know, hiding out, listen to people. What, uh, for one, these are great players. But for two, everybody is alert on what Tony's going to do. So what has he been able to do this season? A lot of, like, fun. But mostly nothing. He has to sit around and do nothing. Well, if Tony's doing nothing, then what is he? Right? Like, uh, is he gonna win this game just cause people kinda like him and he's amusing? No, like he, the way Tony won Survivor was by always pushing forward. And when nobody will let you push anymore, then I, I don't know if any of it works. Yeah, and, and you know, as I saw people point out, just the whole Spy Shack thing, you know, just, works a little differently when you don't have like your your spy leading people there and leading the conversation certain ways you're just kind of hanging out while your allies who want to discuss strategy with you are it's wondering also, where the hell you are you're in a tribe of five people like you're hoping yeah, for that's four that, 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 people <laughs> you know what, that's probably the biggest point right it, it's you know you gotta play the odds buddy what are, <laughs> there's four people spread out over a massive area like, what are the odds they're going to stumble over to where you are and then have a conversation that is precisely what you want to overhear? Uh, come on, Tony. Be better. Or how is it that four people aren't going to notice the fifth person isn't there? Right. You know, like maybe when there's eight or nine, it's like three people are over here and two people. They just they're assuming you're with one group or another. But when, yeah, all four people are like, hey, where, isn't there somebody else here? I don't know. Now, what did you guys think about Jeremy? Like. Sticking around. Like, I was kind of shocked that he didn't just peace out on this whole situation. 
He, I mean, seeing how the vote played out, I I guess he was just confident, but also seeing how the vote played out, there was no reason for him to stay. Like, the only thing I, that made me, you know, when everyone was, like, guessing what would happen and the idea of, like, Tony being advantage get-in or something, like, the only reason I thought Jeremy would still be there is if they at least, whether she did or not, at least believed they had flipped Kim, because then his vote is important. But, because, you know, you need that to make it 3-2. But if he's just voting for Denise anyway, which, like, I I don't think is an indicator of it being, like, bad for Denise to have played the idol on it. Like, you know, because that was purely, at least in my mind, that was just like, a, yeah, I'm definitely with you guys. Ha-ha, new to call all the way. Yay, team. Um, But, yeah, like, he was just another add-on vote for Denise. He, you know, you don't know for sure that they're telling you the truth. Like, get the fuck out of there, man. What are you doing? I think he felt confident enough that Tony and Kim would want him over Denise. Uh, and maybe that Sandra could be convinced. It, it was definitely a risk. And if you're trying to be risk averse and keep that advantage, I don't blame you, especially because it's such a small tribe. I mean, the odds, even if they were even odds, which they aren't, you got a one in five shot of going home like that. Those odds are bad enough. Like you may, you're not going to get that again until final five. So you may as well play it, right? Not only that, but that adva- that it's such a weird advantage that we've never seen used. That like it's, to have a thing where you're in danger, but also your vote isn't like important if you're trying to you know build sort of a coalition or have any hope in the game like you'd have to be you know sort of the person who's like the rick devins or the ben who just has to find idols and win immunity and that's the only way you'll you'll survive like sure then maybe you want to get out of tribal but if you're just like you know trying to actually flip the game on its head like you need to be there you need to have your vote have power like so there are so few opportunities especially i feel like for a player like jeremy who tends to have alliances and allies he can trust like there are so few opportunities where leaving tribal is not gonna like completely hang your allies out to dry you know, any more than you being there would be since you voted for Denise. Like, it's just like, it's not that useful of an advantage, man. Just, you know, this is a risky and spot. And in that just case, if he it. had, Denise could have uh, saved her second idol. Exactly. That's the other bit. I mean, he had obviously no way to know that, but then we wouldn't have to have this stupid debate. <laughs> Everyone would have to admit. I mean, you'd still have be people like, why not Tony? It's like, no, she made the right choice. You're... Denise rules. I've known it from the beginning. You're all wrong. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would have left, and you know, good for him. Maybe like he got every insurance he needed, and everybody was talking. But you know, a lot of people went home with every insurance they need in the history of Survivor. Uh, I just don't think this swap period is the time to get cute. It's just the time to survive. It is the time that like. It, nothing matters. Nobody, everything that's being said is all lies. Uh, it's just, you know, this t- temporary configuration that we are in. Let's survive it. And then, you know, maybe find some new, uh, configurations. More often than not, most people, Jeremy included with his, li- uh, this, with his winning season, just try to reconfigure with their original, uh, group. So yeah, I survive in advance. That's the way at this point, because it's all just shitty luck as evidenced by the other person that went home this episode uh did you guys have any hope that poverty would somehow stick around 
Fuck no. Maybe like 5%, you know, just that hope you need to not be like, the same hope I have that I'll someday be able to go outside again. Hopefully it's better than 5%. My entire state is locked down, Andy. Not forever! For a month. Yeah, I had no faith in Parvati sticking around. I'm pretty sure I made it clear last week that the only way she's sticking around is if they win immunity. And so watching that challenge, I was like, please, I've never been more invested in a stupid immunity challenge. Just win it. And I got the sense, even as the challenge was going, I'm like, oh, my God, the worst possible outcome is going to happen. Like, that Adam tribe is going to win this, and we're going to get two votes that are both going to suck. And it was just, like... I'm devastated, like, Just 15 minutes in. Yeah, I'll say I had maybe the 1% or 5, you know, I, uh, math, what, what are we? We're not math people. Yeah, I'm just picking a small number. I'm not. <laughs> it's that, like, the whole the time, like, when they're showing all this, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's poverty. Yeah, 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 whatever, it's poverty. When, you know, they show Nick, you know, oh, I really like, like, none of his arguments were convincing to me that it was something he was really considering. Oh, I really wanted to play with my high school Especially crush. because we, we've we seen him vote out Tice yeah. already. And, you like, know. Nick may be many things, and many people may think a lot of things about him. He has not proven himself to be an idiot, which was what this would require. The only reason why I thought about it is just, like, Wendell sure looks bad. Like, the edit is not making Wendell look great, so that was, like, right. the one, like, could it somehow be him? I don't know how. Again, it, it requires Nick doing something very stupid. Some people were like, oh, man, this must be tough that you're now rooting for Nick. It's like, no, we're rooting for Nick to act against his best interest and do something stupid. That is perfectly aligned to our wants and exactly. needs. Um, yeah, that is. It's not like we're rooting for him to win. We're rooting for him to tank his game. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, to, to, to sign up to be Eric Reichenbach. The only point where I was actively rooting for Nick was to win the fucking challenge so that Parvati wouldn't go home. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Wendell looking bad, god damn it, Wendell. You would think <laughs> that in a challenge about jamming stuff into a tight space and relying on putting your balls where they need to be, like, didn't we learn last episode that that's Wendell's thing? Like, how did he blow that? Yeah, that was, that was just a real bummer. But yeah, I will say, like, the glimmer of hope you know the faint i should very make it very clear very faint glimmer of hope of just desperation was when wendell and parvati were having that conversation not because i thought wendell was gonna flip but i thought you know maybe that's when she can go to everyone you know and and stuff but the thing is it's like yeah it it was probably all a lie like he might have mentioned it to them anyway and like y'all and nick are gonna be like oh well, in that case, should we keep this guy who's playing poorly, or should we keep Parvati? Yeah, it's going to be tough for Parvati when, like, your signature thing, your most famous thing, is making guys look stupid and acting against their own interests. Like, that's how she won Survivor. So if you're Nick, you'd be like, hey, I'd really like to sign me up for some of that. No, that's not what was going to happen. So, no, like, I, I felt like she had no hope uh you know, especially when she gets like the worst. Oh my god! I was her situation. Furious! Oh my god! Every other advantage that had come from Edge of Extinction prior would have worked perfectly. Yeah, if she had Jeremy's advantage, perfect. She would have been fucking fine. She would have definitely used it. If she could steal a vote, perfect. If she had a fucking idol for you know three tribal councils, perfect. You know what has absolutely no use to someone on the bottom. And I don't know if I... 
Yeah, when Tyson was uh, talking about who to sell it to, I'm like, sell it to Tony. Come on, yes, sell it to exactly. Tony. Uh, because, uh, for a while, we were worried that Tony would have that thing, and that also would have been amazing if Advantage Getting happens and he still, like, you know, blocks an idol. Um, but yeah, because, like, that does nothing for poverty. I understand why he did it. Uh, Secret Scenes has, you know, him asking who he gave his token, uh, Rob gave his tokens to. Rob tells that uh, it was poverty, so that's where you know where the money's at. Yeah. And also, it's not like he would really know. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Rob said what the tribes were, but it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't know if any of those guys have an idol or if Michelle has an idol or anything like that. Like, it's no, it's like, it's not weird for Tyson. And, and Parvati was fucking rich. Of course she bought it. You never know. Right. Yeah, all Tyson's trying to do is get a coin. He doesn't care if you use it well, if it helps you or not. He was like, where's the money at? Perfect. Um, but yeah, because <laughs> Maggie seems <laughs> peanut butter. We'll get to that. But yeah, like, uh, let's advantage. She was so useless for her. Just, and, um, as in comments, our, our, uh, commenter <laughs> crappy, uh, said that this basically, this is production for all of you, you know, conspiracy theorists out there, that production doesn't rig the game for their favorites. Because if they did, that wouldn't have been the advantage. Especially when Parvati is in danger, and then potentially on the other tribe. Well, I guess, no, because it would have been nice or... And no one cares. Yeah, it was only Parvati that they would have cared about protecting, really. Because <laughs> Denise or Jeremy, I don't know if they're going to bend over backwards for. Parvati, definitely, though. Yeah, and, like, I just want to take a moment to discuss just how terrible Parvati's luck was here. <laughs> I mean, sh- I will not say she's, like, the most swap-screwed person ever because I think, you know, we know from her original tribe she had been in danger. And so I think, you know, you're truly swap screwed when you were in a great position and then you get traded to a, an unwinnable position, like a Rourke in HHH or something. But, um, but here, like, you know, we were hope I was hoping for a swap because it could save poverty. And instead, much like Rob, she got perhaps the worst possible configuration. Like, I'll say the only thing is that she was with Michelle, who wanted to work with her. Sure, great. But that just the three guys that she's against, mm-hmm. like, were the tightest mm-hmm. trio on the whole tribe. Like... What? There's just yeah, sure. She knows Yule. They very clearly have not kept in touch. She didn't even know his wife's name. <laughs> but like, there, there is a world out there where the swap tribe ends up with like Parvati, Kim, and Boston Rob all teaming up and being like, "Oh yeah, we can make this work." And we were denied that. Um. So sticking with that tribe, uh, Wendell kind of sucks, right? <laughs> This is, I, this is not a great, not a great look for him. I am just not entertained by him. I think I said this even last week. He hasn't brought anything to the season thus far. In this episode, actually last week I think was the biggest thing that he brought. And even then, I wasn't as into it as you were. This week is just like, wow, you are just aggressively uninteresting to watch. If only, like, we just need Michelle to try, like, rapping or something. Really bring some of that magic back. Well, even that, his great, you know, big uh, signature moment from his season is really just stomping on the parade of somebody who was being fun. 
And I think that might be symbolic here, is that he's not here to have any fun. You know, maybe he'll build, like, a few games out of things, you know, uh, out of, you know, reclaimed wood or something. But, like, yeah, he has been, like, a big entertainment suck. And I'll give him, like, the, the benefit of the doubt. It can't feel good knowing that votes are coming towards you. And when Michelle's like, hey, is it cool if I vote for you? The answer is, no, it's not cool. I'm on favor there. But just like, it's just like this grumpy scowl. When he goes to tribal council, like, his way of, like, explaining how things are is so, like, basic and uninteresting. I thought this was a tribe where we're just going to tell everybody we're just going to keep it real. We're just going to keep it real. There's honestly a few things that are less interesting to me than people on Survivor who can't speak past like cliche. Yeah, when when they're at the final tribal council, it's just like, hey, it's out without last out play. It's like, cool. That's not interesting at all. And it's just like, that's how it's been. Like, yeah, we just kicked it. Like, he doesn't seem to have an extra level or depth to any of it. And it's been really boring. And I, I would say... Uh, apparently, you know, a lot of really unfortunate things have come his way in social media as a result of, you know, probably voting out poverty. Yeah, whatever. He, that, voting out poverty was the right move. Um, not falling for her, you know, negotiations or whatever was the right move. I'll even say, what the hell, trying to get some tokens out of her. Fine move. Um, when we criticize people on the show, it's because they're not, like, delivering things that we want entertainment-wise. Um, it's never personal. Not even when I call them pissant little fuckers. It's not personal. <laughs> I don't take this show that seriously. Um, but, yeah, like, he's, he's kind of sucked this season from, like, a, like an entertainment perspective. The one counterpoint I want to make to you before we, before I let Emma jump in here as she should is that you say people speaking in cliches is just not your thing. However, Andrew Savage dumping out all these like leadership business cliches, golden. Like that is the epitome of how you bring the cliches to Survivor and make it interesting TV. Well, I'm just going to... Sh- Emma, you may speak. Now. I'm just going to shift the paradigm here to talk about... Exactly. But, um, no, I just, in a, in a light defense, um, back, back on the, you know, unnecessary defense on the Ghost Island Chris Noble thing, as fun and entertaining as we may have found Chris Noble in 45 minutes a week, um, I'm sure 24 hours a day, those attempts at rap was no longer fun and entertaining. <laughs> so from, from what I've heard and when I've spoken to people on that season. So I don't know if that's necessarily not wanting entertainment. Uh, I have a feeling if Andy was living with that in real time, he would also not be a huge fan. Um, but, and I'd also say not even, this isn't even really devil advocate on like, oh, Wendell being good. Cause yeah, I don't think he was doing too well. Um, but that conversation with Michelle, I mean, I've just seen what I'm really here to do is tamper down on the sudden, um, blossoming of Michelle Price. Oh, bring it. <laughs> and then, I don't blame you. And that is, you know, okay, I get it. I was entertained with her and Parvati last week. Sure. Uh, and, and, um, probably a good thing for her to not be throwing away her game to save Parvati in a losing battle. That's fine. But like, what? the fuck was she talking about <laughs> like just her whole thing with i mean we must have they must have cut something out because that just made no sense to me where she's like talking to wendell and is like what if i get all of parvati's fire tokens by voting for you 
that'll fix everything, right? Now we can work together, right? Isn't that the perfect plan? And then <laughs> like, when he takes umbrage to it, she's been like, oh, Wendell, he just doesn't let me do anything. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with yeah. you here on a bit on this. So go. Like, um, yeah, like, so, so I guess in that case, there's, there's a little defense on Wendell there for being like, not thrilled to get two votes in a five person tribe. Um, cause yeah, like, Sure, as he said, then you only need one more. And would it be very unlikely to get Yule or Nick to flip? Sure, but it is Parvati, and it is Nick who has a crush on her. So it wasn't completely outside the realm of possibility. It was not likely. It was not a good chance. But, like, it could have happened. Weird shit happens on Survivor all the time. I would I would not want two votes on me either, just so the person you're not working with can get fire tokens. That's nuts. And then especially because then in confessional afterwards, she's like... Yeah, I mean, I just don't get what Wendell's problem is. I offered to betray Parvati. I'm like, wait, you offered to vote for him? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to ruin the uh, reputation of strategy queen Michelle here, but the at the tribal council, Wendell says explicitly that they think that the tokens are being used somehow for immunity idols, which he's not wrong about. So how does Michelle getting tokens which might in turn be used to keep her immune help wendell in any way if they don't immediately merge they're like she can keep herself immune and then one out of three chance he goes home next week even if they do immediately merge michelle has an advantage that he doesn't how the fuck is this beneficial to wendell yeah i just while i like i just was there anything good gameplay from her this week? I mean, she didn't even actually vote. Like, she did end up voting for Wendell. So, like, yeah, sure, she got fire tokens. I don't think Parvati would have even been that pissed if she got all the votes. Yeah. So, who else was she going to give them to at this point anyway? Like, I just, I don't... So, she, she like, pissed off Wendell by voting for... Him, which again, I mean, obviously there is some stuff going on <laughs> between there. But, like... That you didn't see her, at least we didn't see her trying to, you know, connect with the other two. Like, there was just, I don't think there was, like, an ounce of good gameplay from her this week. Emma, I want to thank you for bringing us back on mission uh, with this whole discussion. Yeah. Uh, I think these are excellent points, and uh, I'm totally on... Uh, I'm on board with what you're saying. Um, yeah, uh, it isn't necessarily that Wendell kind of sucks. It's that Michelle kind of sucks. And I, I'm happy, happy to say that. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I think actually, and also in like, in defense of both of them, I think, you know, really none of us have a ton of experience in this regard, but like, everybody is not like their best when they have to like hang around an ex i'm sure like nobody's at their best in a breakup situation and there's you know sure there are some instances where things are completely one-sided and one person is the angel or whatever but like it's probably making them both irritable and like both uncomfortable and and whatever and that makes sense and i don't think says anything really about who they are as people so speaking of the awkwardness amongst the you know wendell and michelle and the continuing drama that it's brought both you know to us in confessionals and then spilled out into tribal council um how much did you hate all of this do you think i don't know he looked like he was trying not to laugh a few times during the tribal council I think gameplay-wise, he didn't like it, but there was, I mean, there were a couple shots there where he looked like he had just swallowed a canary. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't think that he cared that much. I think he was a little diplomatic about it at the tribal council, as as Yule is wont to do. <laughs> Yule um, diplomatic. The, the the fact that he didn't seem bothered by finding out about Wendell wanting two fire tokens from Parvati suggests to me that Yule knew that was some kind of plan. Um, so I, I don't buy into Yule being uncomfortable about uncomfortable about this at all because really this was all just theater before the vote that he already knew the result of yeah i don't i'm not suggesting that he was worried about like the outcome of where this is going let me more phrase it in a different way what do you think would be more awkward you will at a tribal council where things are threatening to fall apart because two people there had previously kicked it or if on this <laughs> podcast emma just started crying and it was now up to john and i to console her like which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think still the latter. <laughs> hey, you know what? If that were an immunity challenge, it would somehow be worse than the fire challenge between Becky yeah. and Sandra. <laughs> like, we'd be going past matches. And to be clear, it's not like Emma is necessarily prone to that. I'm not suggesting. I'm just more yes, suggesting. that's Matt. Just suggest. Yeah, obviously, probably more likely to be Matt. And we'd be like, hey there, Definitely champ. Matt. We all know uh, this. It's just. That's no shade, it's just true. Uh, more that, you know, John and I would be uniquely, uh, poorly prepared for this. And I can't get, well, again, I don't think Yule was worried that, like, this vote was gonna turn around. But I also kinda got the impression, it's like, man, I wish I wasn't here for this. I think, yeah, I think if anything, I mean, Wendell's in, like, his mid to late 30s, so I guess it's not quite an age thing, but, like, it's the, the, you know, 40-something long-time married man dealing with the, and, and father dealing with the, like, petty squabbles of, like, quasi-dating and the fallout thereof, and just being like, this is such bullshit. And at the same time, he could have jumped in with like, oh, come on, you two, shut up. I have Wendell's DMs from the time. <laughs> he was talking to someone else that was never that serious with you two. Come on. Uh, well, I, that's funny. Uh, but Wendell's a millennial, so, um. <laughs> that was like the meanest thing. No, I wasn't trying to be. I was trying to concede that, was, that, was... that John made a joke and then I was going to make another joke. And then what's, what's the point? That was like that was the greatest possible burn. I'm dying over here. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll try to calm down. Uh, yeah, let's move on to a different but discussion. I just burst into tears right now. Um, that kind of summarizes kind of much of what happened this episode: the loss of Sandry, the loss of Sandra, the loss of Parvati, uh, which comes after Rob and Tyson. Um, who do you think now is the biggest pregame legend left still in the game? Uh, John, who do you think? Who you got? It's, it's Tony. Like, who's going to say someone else? Emma, are you going to say someone else? I think Tony is definitely up there, but I could see for m- the more cerebral players it being Kim. Like, I think to Sophie and Yule, it's Kim. She's the only other one even in the conversation, yeah. I think. I'd say Jeremy's in the conversation, but I agree. I also think it's Tony. Uh, in part, like, from the, the threat level, too. Like, Kim also, yeah, I, I agree that maybe, like, a Sophie might, you know, regard her, uh, as, you know, more, cause it's a game. Although it should be noted that Sophie actually was a huge Tony fan. Uh, I remember that from RHAP. Sure, um, but I, I just feel like, you know, playing style, who you think is like a thread and a star, like to you, you know, that sort of thing. 
Well, the thing is with Tony is because of his unpredictability and the idols and all that, he could be a threat at any moment, right? Whereas <laughs> Kim might feel somebody you could talk with. I mean, they have the bond over the idol. Remember when uh, <laughs> Sophie gave back uh, Kim the idol, just like John and I knew she would? I remember. Yeah, do you know what day yep. that was? We don't. Neither do you. But I knew it yeah, was, I knew it was I something said. that was always going to happen because if not, they probably would have shown it to us. But it's just more like, you know, so we're down to, but Tony, so, uh, Kim and Jeremy really are kind of the only people that really qualify. Um, does it, do you think that means even Jeremy, I gotta say is, is borderline. Yeah. Like it, it's Tony and Kim and, you know, Jeremy's like that, that next tier just, he's, he's on the bubble. He's the person that those people can talk to as, pitching them like we need to stick together right i will i will say jeremy yeah is someone and and someone really who's who's a threat not just for his gameplay but people can like bring up the whole story of it all jeremy is you know if you compare the people in the game to the people on on um edge is more like the tyson like a lot of people have been naming tyson among like the Sandra Parvati and Rob thing. And I don't think he's there. He's like right under the cut. And I think that's similar where Jeremy is like right under the cut of like a Kim and a Tony. But I think that the reason that Tony is the biggest legend left in the game is also because he, he commands screen time. Like that's why I put him above Kim because that is a concern for the people on a TV show, whether they're going to admit it or not. They want to be seen on said TV show. Yeah, I think even that's also a game. I think that's also why Tyson kept being kind of named as a big threat. Because <laughs> Tyson, right? Yeah, agreed completely. That that is one of the reasons that Tyson's a big threat. He's entertaining and funny, and he gets on TV a lot. Yeah. So now that like I think a lot of the big names have been taken out at this point. We got Tony, Kim, and maybe Jeremy. Yeah, mileage may vary. Uh, do we feel like that's still going to be the talking point, or are we past that now? Like, is it going to have to be until that you know Tony's next and that, which Tony might might be next, or or is it like the players now going to be ready to change their minds about what actually is a threat? They can no longer just use the shield of ah, oh, we're afraid of Par- Robin Poverty and Sandra, uh, and now they have to recognize coming off the tails of the person that nobody thought was a threat that just did the biggest move of the game so far are they do, you, do we think that they'll be ready to view other things as a threat or do we think we still have like three weeks of this i'd say that it, it this is definitely still going to be a thing because it's an easy way to get a target off yourself if you can say oh man we got to get tony because he's a legend you know he's he's so much better player he's so well known people love tony we got to take him out that at least just gives you an easily identifiable target that everyone can be like, uh, yeah, that's fine. It's not me. Especially if you're going into a merge and you're not sure where the alliances are yet. Like, a fairly unanimous target is probably the easy way to go. Yeah, um, I think, it, yeah, similarly, yeah, with the whole, like, swap tribe thing, it's just a little safety thing. But I think one thing that can impact that, of course, is when we do hit the merge and presumably someone comes back from Edge of Extinction... Whoever, no matter who that is, they'll probably be deemed a threat. And, you know, given who's been voted out, the odds are high that they are a big threat. Yeah, I think we might get one week not of it because they're all on one tribe. The people that they can talk about, like, what, what's the green tribe going to talk about? Like, oh, we got to get rid of the legends, you know? Uh, right. the blue tribe just, <laughs> unless they start realizing that Yule, uh, qualifies as the only person left in the main game that, you know, pre heroes versus villains, but I don't think they're going to. Uh, yeah, and honestly, one of the reasons why I was going to talk about this is that it's like, it, it's time to realize that our hopes for this season 
uh, never materialized. That we, you know, there could be a nope. spot where like the legends could actually play. And I think it shows because that was one of the, the, the hopes for a winter season in the first place was let's have a season where we got to target that person. They won the game is thrown out the window. Is that you're never going to get a season where the big legends can really play because there's always going to be a hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say the, the good news on that is that, you know, we had sort of our, People are like five people of like lesser tier, mostly in terms of entertainment value rather than win, um, who are pretty much, who are, no, actually all still there. And, you know, almost all of our favorites are gone, but it's still been a pretty good season. So, or actually a great season, um, so far. And I don't think there, you know, several of the, the people we weren't big fans of have proven to be decently entertaining and, and or good players, um, maybe not both, except for possibly Sarah. Um, so I think, you know, it doesn't have to be like a terrible post-merge just because those people are gone a la Game Changers or something. I think, I think we still got a shot at some really great stuff. Yeah, I think it could still be a great season. It's just not what we wanted, you know? It's ne- and yeah, I, what I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying, saying is yeah. we're never going to get it to the point where if you are a big legend, the only reason why you should come back is because you want to be on TV again. Otherwise, it is kind of pointless. And what this season has pointed out is, hey, man, it's a probably a pretty good thing that some of these people negotiated a second way to play this game because they were right that they were to be targeted and there wasn't really anything they could do about it. Yeah, the edge of extinction that none of the winners should have ever wanted. Yeah, apparently <laughs> it was actually pretty valuable because... Tyson, uh, Rob, Parvati, you know, maybe even Sandra, although, you know, a bit of an asterisk on there because she should still be in this game. They never really had a shot at this. So, because that's all people have been talking about. It's not just that, you know, and I know a lot of people want to make it up that, like, they were playing poorly or whatever. They were playing not strong games because nobody wanted them to play a strong game because everybody there was wor- more worried about their actions than anybody else's. And it's just like, that's just going to, that, that's the price you pay for being awesome at a thing when, that thing allows people to take out those that are awesome, right? Like, yeah, a returning sports hero, you, you know, the other sprinters don't get to vote out Uwe Ball. What? Oh my God. Uwe Ball? That's not what I meant to say. What the hell, man? John's going to kill you. Well, also, why did Seriously. my brain go there in the first place? It was clearly going one direction and then went all the way the other. Um, this is what happens when there's no more sports on TV. Apparently. Not like I've been watching that guy's movies. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, for a second, I thought like the Skype cut out. I'm like, hmm, eh, it doesn't seem like Andy would make that mistake, but here I am. Hey, <laughs> here so. we are. I'm not going to correct it either. That's just, I have to live with this, but it's just like, yeah. So when, you know, a big, uh, new, uh, they're going to be a returnee season in the future of Survivor gets to play, be ever be played again. Um, I think everybody that's doom and gloom over the internet is, is sadly right. There's no point in getting excited about the big names because they don't have a shot. Uh, this isn't just a game changers thing. It's not just this season. Heroes versus villains. Tom, Stephanie, uh, Rob. Like, they are all gone early. You know, it's just that other people, you know, meanwhile, like Danielle gets to live on. Russell was a big name that nobody knew who they were. Rob, poverty was targeted early. She was able to survive, you know, for three was taken out early. It's just kind of the way it's always going to be. And, uh, it kind of sucks, but to M- Emma's point, I do think this still has a very good chance of being a very good season. It's just not what we were hoping that could maybe happen. I will say, though. The concern for me, 
The concern for me is that we still have my bottom three right now would probably be Nick, Adam, and Wendell. Like there's still scenarios where there's some combination of those three in the final five. And that would just be disappointing. Like even if they don't win, just from an entertainment perspective, that would kind of suck. Oh, I would not be surprised if like the final three was what we saw in Sala. It was just like you'll Nick and Wendell. The good news is in that scenario, you'll win. So yeah, <laughs> accurate. With recent seasons, people would look around and say, you know, if we band together, this might not happen. And you know what? Two of them did. And actually more than that, like Tony has been pushing this. Tyson's been pushing this and just not an, and for one, there's always going to be more people that aren't elite than those that are. That's the nature of elitism. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's just like, ah, it, it really feels like, you know, maybe one can sneak through, but it's never going to be that. It's just against the nature of survivor. Also, if I can say, I know some of it is bad luck, but I, I think the way they did the swap was a really big mistake. It was. I think they should have, like, they had 20, you know, I think, I mean, I'm, you know, no expert, but I feel like you, if you have the, the two tries of 10, you can swap at 16, have an even, like, 8-8 split, which is, you know, used to be how the whole season was. Um, that gives you four tribals before them, which is, you know, cause we know when they were doing swaps after, like, two tribals, it, it weirdly, made people more strong with their original tribe. So it's like four gives you enough to like get used to these tribes, but also have like cracks form and stuff like that. Um And then, and then, you know, at 16, then you can have a couple of more tribe, like a few more and like three to four more tribals, which gives those swap tribes time to like decide to bond and maybe they'll stick together. Maybe they'll go back to the original and and then you can merge. I, these tribes of five starting at tribes of five is just too small. There's such it's just so easy for people to get swap screwed. It's I just think it's a really it was a really bad and very avoidable mistake. Yeah, and by and large, I talked a bit about it last week, and this is more uh, conversation a lot in comments. I'm ready for the swap to go away. I don't think it's adding any value to the show anymore. I think people anticipate it pretty much after three to four votes. And once it gets, so they start making their, we don't need this person. We're going to swap soon anyway type voting decisions. Then once they swap, they don't care at all about those numbers. And that's been true since like China, right? Like the swap is often just an opportunity to get rid of threats early. Yeah. And frankly, there's, uh, it creates different, many situations, many seasons where like winning challenges is actually a, probably a bad idea. Yeah, like, blood versus water is one of the few times I feel like that a swap tribe sort of, you know, you, No, you have together. to do it with blood versus water so that you can get that mix that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that. But, I mean, it's also, like, one of the few times I feel like the swap tribes have come together. But, you know, some of that is, A, just the nature of the blood, you know, how the blood versus water theme panned out because you had the singles versus the like pairs and also as much as it was that you know at the end the returning players of that original tribe stuck together it just kind of made a smaller version of that mm -hmm. but like and i know people like have the counter arguments of like redemption island or south pacific or whatever like for one that was a long ass time ago but for two I think we can have, like, so many other examples of swaps that led to completely uninteresting results. Like, I think... Right. Like, Ghost Island, Here's Here's Hustlers. 
Yeah, like I think it, uh, this season possibly. Um, <laughs> I think it's time to make it go away long enough that players can't anticipate it. They need to treat this current situation like it could go forward. Because yeah, they're they're anticipating a swap, then they're anticipating the merge, and the whole thing just feels like you're jump starting the actions that used to take place later in a season. More importantly, you guys were talking about blood versus water, and I'm realizing. It's been this long. We haven't even talked about Tyson. My boy Tyson got a fire token from Parvati and did the best possible thing with it. Get a freaking massive jar of peanut butter, like Costco-sized jar of peanut butter for one fire token. Please use this time to lavish your praises upon Tyson. Emma, you may go first. Well, I, I think a lot of us wish we had that jar of peanut butter now. <laughs> Especially because you can't go to Costco at this point. You cannot. Actually, we, we're technically, we're still allowed to go to grocery stores and stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I think when we saw like the advantage menu and the, and like the, li- or whatever, the list of stuff, the, the fire token menu, people were kind of like, huh, buying food, like, that that seems so silly. Why should they do that? But it, you know, he he explained it well. He made like as much as he's like, oh, it's sneaky and hilarious. It's also like, and I mean, granted, if we had known how big the fucking jar peanut butter seriously was, <laughs> huge, um, will he even finish that? But like, I have faith that what I have faith yeah, that Tyson tr- could do it. It is it is Tyson. That is fair. It'll be um, funny when he's competing in the challenge and has to sit out because he's got a stomach ache. Like, oh, guys, I have <laughs> way too much peanut in me. I can't do this. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, he explained it well. Like, having a sustained source of protein, too, not just, like, one meal. Like, if you bought, like, a pizza or something. Like, this sustained thing where you can supplement it every day. For someone who's already a good athlete... Like, you don't know how good the challenge advantage is going to be. So, and maybe he'll be able to find another fire token later and buy that too. Like, we don't, you know, we don't know. He only had one. He doesn't know when he's going to get another one. So. I do like how he was like, you know, oh, it'd be foolish to spend it, save up for an idol and not get back in the game. Like, yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I should be looking for an advantage so I can get back. Yes. And they sell those and then peanut butter. I'm like, oh, but, but, but you, you seem to miss a step. Now I, I'm with you. This actually is an advantage. Well, calories are actually important for, you know, you know, physical activity. Um, but he never went, uh, I could have gotten an advantage in the challenge, but I actually felt this would be a better advantage. It was just more like, so I decided to get peanut butter, and that's perfectly Tyson. Yeah, I did. You're right. I did think it was funny that he skipped from idle to that, because I was like, wait, we saw advantage on the menu, right? Like, I didn't, like, make that up. Not, not only can you buy an advantage, I think you can buy multiple advantages in the challenge. I believe yeah, that which I think Natalie's gonna like rake in. Yeah, she'll she'll be like skip ahead to the puzzle or something. <laughs> yeah, I think we can just assume that Natalie's coming back in with with like her seventeen billion fire tokens she has at this point. So yeah, I I, I that's why that's why Tyson it can always come back to the show. <laughs> he can yes. just deliver silly entertainment stuff like this, and whether it's a good decision or not is largely immaterial. Yep. Hey, th- there's a third tribe that we've barely talked about here. Uh, it sucked nope. when the green tribe won, huh? 
Yeah, that was lame. I'm uh, very disappointed. The very one, upset. the one fucking outcome that we didn't want, right? Like we were the unanimous only- in wanting the green tribe to lose because that was the only tribe that we were totally fine with losing a player from. So fucking, of course, they win that challenge. Yeah, and I saw someone, um, one of our commenters, I'm sorry, I did not make a note of who, um, and we have a lot of Sophie fans, so it's hard to keep track, who was like, yeah, Green Tribe, like, Sophie is safe, and we're like, Sophie was safe, Sophie was gonna be fine. She was fine anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that, you know, she had an idol, like, and the, the, despite it being a tie, like, clearly Sophie and, Sarah are going to be the ones in power on that group. There's just no way they're not. So, yeah, she would have been fine. It, you know, it would have been probably better for her <laughs> to have gone to tribal again. Um, yeah, so that sucked. Yeah, uh, I did briefly appreciate Adam recognizing that this isn't the greatest situation for him, even though uh, people, uh, at least you know, one or two people were trying to tell me that it was even, you know, stupid for us to discuss that there could be a fallout from getting rid of majority numbers in a five-person tribe. I like that Adam backed me up a bit on that. Um, that's enough for that tribe, right? We're good? Absolutely. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, so, uh, from the previews, it looks like that. Oh, actually, I will say, it it was, I know, but it, just to give them a little bit more respect, it was very funny how how like surprised Ben was to have like been like Sophie's cool. I know how to talk to Sophie. No, who would have saw that? Uh, yeah, it was like uh, like Sarah. I bet you guys all were like that makes sense. But wow, Sophie, I'm making friends with Sophie. It's like okay, Ben, calm down. Do you guys think there's going to be a merge next week? No, because the previews, I can't recall them ever hiding that there was a merge. I wouldn't. John? Rule it out necessarily. Um, I also wouldn't bet on it. So I'd say like 60 40 no merge next week. I'm ruling it out, and there's a couple reasons why. One, they showed two different scenes from existing tribes. So yeah, you could say to yourself, oh, the pre merge or the uh, pre before they show up the challenge mat, they have a lot of business to get to on the merge episode. They've got to obviously do the normal merge things, but they also need to bring somebody back from the edge of extinction, presuming that that is what they are going to do. And I have no reason to presume otherwise. There is not enough time to show two separate scenes, then do the challenge to bring everybody back, then do a merge, then do a challenge, then do a tribal council. Here's the other thing. Uh, there's 12 people still left in the game. 12 plus 1 is a big-ass merge. That's 13 people. So it doesn't make because the one being, obviously, the person coming back from Edge of Extinction. So, I mean, they have done that the last few seasons have been 13-person merges for quite a while. There have been massive merges before. It's not but, ruled out. Oh, no, I mean, it'll still be massive when they do it the following week at 12. I'm not suggesting like like that's way too big a merge. I'm just saying that, like... It, it while it feels like this should be the merge time because as I kind of was saying the basic pattern has been established that oh you get to do this for a few weeks and then you get to do this for a couple of weeks I feel like um they can go one more week at this configuration and still have a big ass merge uh the following week because of edge of extinction all right so instead let's talk about what we hope happens what few hopes we might have left for this show and the world Emma, lead us off. Um, that DeCall wins. I don't care about 
the other tribes at this point because Yule is safe and none of the other people matter to me. I imagine they're Poverty only going to send gone. one tribe to tribal council and please let it be green. Yeah, agreed completely. Like I, I need to keep uh, the Jeremy, Tony, Kim, Denise tribe safe. And yep. I would very, very much enjoy seeing that green tribe go to tribal council. Like, someone getting rid of Adam would be amazing. I feel like it's not going to happen. Um, I'm convinced that I'm going to have to endure him all season long because yay 2020. Um, Adam is going to really... win you your fantasy league. <laughs> God, that would be like, that would be the punishment that I deserve. <laughs> um, so like, I want to see Kim claw her way back into this thing. I, that's obviously a post-merge thing. But, you know, I want to see the two remaining legends gain a foothold somewhere. You know, uh, also, Denise, I think, is elevating herself into that tier um, and definitely could with a nice, strong, deep run here. But I want to see that, too. You know, I want to get to the fun people. And doing so requires eliminating the not fun people. Yeah, like, that's all I'm focused on right now is losing somebody from green, uh, because I do think it's just one more week of this, and then the real game starts. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about the Legends all going is, like, this is the last week I'm really going to lament that we didn't get what we wanted. I'm excited for what we're going to get, you know? And frankly, I want to move on from that storyline of the big threats, the big threats, the big threats. They're all big threats. They all have threat profiles. Let's start playing for other reasons and all of that. And you know, I think one week and then we can get to some exciting stuff. Uh, where can people find us, John? Of course you would find us on purplerockpodcast.com. You can find our Twitter account at purple rock pod. Andy is purple rock. Andy. I am purple rock, John. And there is of course, purple rock, Emma. First time we've mentioned you this season, Emma, enjoy the two extra followers you get from me mentioning. You. If that, Indeed. I'm pretty sure that anyone that follows the podcast account is probably aware of your existence. So, uh, you can, of course, find all sorts of crap that we're doing on our site, fantasy leagues, um, 40 most influential players, something about Australian survivor, probably. I don't know. I don't read that. Sounds stuff. fake, but okay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, is there anything else at all worth noting, Andy? Hit the music. Wash your hands, stay inside, stay home. Ooh.